Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Hype Squad podcast. My name's Katie, and today we are going to be talking about all things eating disorders. Yeah, not the most fun topic, but something I'm trying to throw out the fucking door in 2021. I want to say fuck you to diet culture. I want to say fuck you to the majority of the fitness industry. And we're going to talk about my not so great past that got me to here and why I'm so into empowerment. Um, today, Bryn is actually going to be interviewing me, so you don't have to listen to my god-awful voice the entire time. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. And I think that's about it. Like, Yeah, we can dive right into the madness yeah. and just kind of see where it all started and right. it all began. Yeah, let's so I, Yeah, let's, let's get into it, into the meat and potatoes of it all. Meat and potatoes. All righty. Yep. My Irish ass. So, all right. So I think the first question is what exactly is your background with eating disorders? Like where did it all begin? Yeah, no, that's actually, it's funny when I like released my, you know, I'm going into recovery thing. I was like, I guess I should like start at the beginning. Um, totally. So my eating disorder actually started about 20 years ago um, when I was in middle school. Yeah. So, and I don't think I totally understood what anorexia was at the time. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, to be honest, like, it's not like I had looked it up in the dictionary and I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Like it it wasn't that. No, but I- Were you just restricting yourself in terms of like what you ate or- Um, Or you didn't even think you you knew what was even going on? Um, So kind of, sort of. Like, there was definitely an intention behind it. um, But I had been very justified being small my whole life. Like, I was very, very, very tiny growing up. Like, skin and bones was, you know, always told to gain more weight by doctors, which also, can we insert a huge fuck you to the majority of doctors? Um, Big old middle finger. Yeah, like, Jesus Christ. growing up. And then when I got to middle school and I was getting like really badly bullied and I didn't really know my place, which like, come on, who really does know their place in middle school? No one does. Not anyone. Let's be real. Everyone's confused. Right. Hormones are raging. People are just crazy. Right. For God's sakes, five years ago, I didn't know, you know, my place. I'm being Mm -hmm. so honest, you know? And with that being said, though, I started getting really, really stressed. And I think this was around the time that I started to really know that I had anxiety or like knew that I was anxious around things. Um, Mm -hmm. obviously I didn't take in a psychology class. Like, you know, I was going, (laughs) I was going to a psychiatrist for my ADHD, but it's not like they were like, Oh, you have severe anxiety. No, like Mm -hmm. that, that's not a conversation you really have with a middle schooler. Yeah. Um, and I was really stressed and I, started to deal with it by purposely skipping meals. Now, mind you, that was really, really easy back then because I was on a very high dose of a stimulant mm-hmm. and I had always had a very small appetite. I mean, you know me, especially now, now that you've seen my real appetite, it can be very, very small, which I do have to make, you know, I have to make the effort to eat enough sometimes. Yeah. Consciously. Absolutely. Right. But I think that's also another part of intuitive eating is being like, I also know what my body needs and maybe I'm not super hungry right now, but putting in that effort because I deserve it is Mm -hmm. something, it's something intuitive. It's loving myself. Um, 
100%. Right. I actually had to do that earlier. I was not hungry at all for lunch. And I was like, oh, no, you you, you sit down and you eat the damn food. Um, for real. And because of how active your lifestyle is, like, you need right. fuel to get right. through your day and, like, be productive at work and get exactly. things done. I was like, uh, just because you waited too long to eat does not mean you don't eat now. Like, you sit down mm-hmm. and you eat your lunch. Totally. <laughs> it was very good. But, like, I was, like, halfway through and not so much having it. But... That's it actually looked amazing. You shared it on Instagram. It was really, it was very good. I just like wasn't having it at the time. And I was like, you got, you need to eat. Um, mm-hmm. So I made the conscious effort to skip meals, um, mm-hmm. especially like I would go to school and not eat. Um, and mm-hmm. I really wouldn't eat when I would get home, you know, and I would just like munch at my breakfast. So because I was at school, it's not like anybody could actively see everything I was doing together. Right. Yeah. And didn't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, now, mind you, I started to get very, very, very small. Um, and then my doctor tried to put me on like insure and things like that. Disgusting, by the way. <laughs> yeah, my dad had to drink those when he was going through right. chemo. They're oh, not pleasant. They're so gross. They're like thick, Ooh. like chalky. Yeah. Or what's it called? Um, I'll literally never forget. Oh, the carnation instant breakfast. I used to have to like, I was supposed to drink that along with eating a breakfast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no bueno. Oh my God. It smells like, like rotten Nesquik. I kid you not. <laughs> Ew. Oh I never God. even liked Nesquik. Right. It's probably why I had such like an aversion to chocolate milk. Like I had my first glass of chocolate milk in like seven years. Or maybe oh my God. Later, like this year. And actually enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, so I made the conscious effort, right? And that went on for a while. And then um, I will never forget one of my best friends at the time, right? Actually mm-hmm. gave me a book on eating disorders. And it was like, um, it was a novel. It wasn't like a, mm-hmm. uh, a nonfiction. Mm-hmm. And it was about this girl that went to actual recovery, you know, like she went to, she went somewhere and, um, it talked about her bulimia. Right. Okay. And, um, the girl didn't have anorexia. Right. And I don't know if my best friend knew at the time, um, we actually don't really talk anymore. Um, but so do you think I, she shared it just because she I think really she liked the story or you think she knew? I think okay. she knew on some level. I think she knew something was wrong. Um, but like that that's actually kind of like a thoughtful way of like going about it and so like I mean you're so young at the time in middle school right. too and to to actually go through and to think to get you that book when she thought you might be going through something or dealing with something right instead of I don't know she never said that. anything around it but huh. it just seemed very specific actually it's kind of interesting and and maybe something people could use in the future that are listening to this if they know someone who's I feel going like through something like that I feel like on some level it might be really triggering. I don't know. Like that's the I thing. I don't know. About I guess this. it depends. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing about this. It can be so hard to like to learn how mm-hmm. to navigate and talk to people because you don't know. Um how did you how did you take receiving that? I took it as I knew what bulimia was and I knew what eating disorders were. Did and you know, did you know prior to getting that book like what they were so. really? No, because it's, you know, it really wasn't, 
Because back then it really wasn't talked about too yeah, much. Yeah, it wasn't mainstream back then. Um, now pe- everybody knows what an eating disorder mm-hmm. is. You know? Yeah, I don't think I really knew about it until high school because yeah. then I got into the modeling industry. And right. I mean, all right. of those are like massive in those industries and they're so concerned with your weight. And that's a whole other so, yeah. topic, whole uh, which thing. I could dive into because it's crazy. But um, so yeah, do you think so? Do you think then the root of like you restricting and skipping meals is like more of you wanting control? control of your life, like trying to gain that control for yourself. It was absolutely the control. And then when everybody started to like acknowledge, they started to put it together. You know, my Mm -hmm. doctor started making more and more comments. Um, I stepped away from like, I, I like to say I stepped away from eating disorders for a while. Um, but like that damage was so there. Like I was just not a confident child at all. And I really took it out on my self image. Um, mind you, like, I think I was a dorky little, you know, as a dorky little nerd who didn't really know what to do with herself. Now, like you go on freaking like Instagram and you go on like YouTube and they like teach you how to like do your makeup and all that other stuff. For God's sakes, we had Cosmo, you know, and like about it. Then in high school, right. I started throwing up. Um, I was not like a binge and purge kind of a person. Um, I think that's because my appetite was still like so, so low. Um, you know, I blame a lot of stimulants. I blame genetics. Yeah. You know? like so then I- middle school, were you technically anorexic then? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so then, so then what's the difference for people listening who might not know like the difference between? Yeah. Absolutely. Anorexic and bulimic and even orthorexic is purposely not eating. Um, Okay. The absolute avoidance of food, um, which why like when intermittent fasting came out, I was like, oh yeah, no, anorexia is fine. As long as you only do it for certain hours. Oh Uh, God. I mean, I never thought of it like that, but kind of, yeah. And how fasting has become a huge trend too. Yeah. No, just in general, like intermittent fasting and then like fasting for days too. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's absolutely anorexia. Like psychologists have done a lot of studies. You guys can read into it, um, on like what fasting actually does to your brain, um, on that like control level. So messed up, but, um, I became a bulimic and I was a bulimic for a very, very long time. Um, so then bulimia is then where you're like, are you forcing yourself to, you are eating and you are forcing yourself to throw up. Um, so I guess it was, was it the end of middle school? Maybe it was the end of middle school that like that last year or so. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. I'd have to like look back at like years and stuff. I have it all documented somewhere. Um, but I started actively throwing up. Um, and it was really easy, you know, it was super easy. I would, you know, especially at school, I would ask to go to the bathroom in the middle of a class. There's no one in the bathrooms in the middle of classes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was really simple. Um, it, which is horrible to say out loud, but I, I'm not walking into this, this episode with you trying to be false. Um, I yeah, it's real. Literally, I'm literally sharing all of my, all of my scars. Um, and that's powerful. That's even more of how you heal. So yeah, kudos to you for being brave and, and going through this episode and being so open and honest. You know, it's funny. Um, when people, before people try to have conversations with me about it, especially people that have eating disorder backgrounds and stuff like that, and they're trying to have, you know, difficult conversations. Um, 
there, they're like, oh my God, I forgot to ask you if you're in like a good headspace. And I'm like, actually, no matter what headspace I'm in, having conversations is also, is always, always cathartic, um, which is weird. You would think that sometimes it would just be like super triggering. Yeah. Actually always cathartic. Um, well, that's good to hear. That's actually probably reassuring for a lot of people listening too. Yeah. Cause maybe, Cause maybe they'll reach out to someone and start having that conversation. Yes. And let me just insert here. Please, if you need someone to talk to, like reach out to me, send me a DM, send me, send me a text for God's sakes. If you want my phone number and you want to text me about this, like, please or call me. I, Yo, I was like, you would hop on the phone. Yeah, I would absolutely, absolutely hop on the phone. I actually don't. don't you can talk for days. <laughs> yeah. Like aspirin. I'm the an open texter. invitation. Yeah. I'm yeah. This is true. <laughs> I hate texting. I hate having text conversations. Drives me freaking crazy. Um, I would much rather get on the phone, but with that being said, um, I was a bulimic for a really long time. Um, I started to like, let it go my senior year because I was dating someone actually at the time and he was always around. Um, I made that sound like a really horrible thing. He was a wonderful, wonderful first boyfriend. (laughs) Tyler was such, he was just like such a nice guy, you know, absolutely, absolutely wonderful. Um, and it made it a lot harder, you know, it -hmm. made it very difficult. Um, and then when I went to college, I decided I was, I was going to be normal. Right. Like that was, I remember like having that thought, like I'm going to be normal. Like you're just going to drop like all of your past. I don't think, I don't think I understood like the severity of what was going on. I, I don't. And just the toll it even takes on your body too. Right. I don't even think I like fully acknowledged what it was. Like, I think I like knew the name and everything else. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it like sunk in, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then fast forward to coming home from college, right? Um, I was living in a bigger body then because I mean, that's I, normal college. Right, absolutely. It's normal. You're eating I'm, weird food yeah. from like the cafeteria oh, God, yeah. and you're <laughs> automatically going to gain 10 to 15 pounds. Right. So I wasn't eating like the food I normally would. Right. I was drinking a lot to handle my stress mm-hmm. of trying to drop my eating disorder, which I don't think I correlated those things in my head. I was just like, I drink a lot because I'm in college. It's like, dude, what? You're trying to get over an eating disorder. Like, what was wrong with you? I, it's really crazy. Like looking back now, like, dude, did you realize if you've, did you ever fall back into any of those patterns? Like, were you drinking and then not eating like as you should be or no, it was more like, I think I was just really numb to it all because mm-hmm. I was so, I mean, it is trauma. It's literal trauma to the brain and the body, like bulimia, um, if, if you ever have to have an endoscopy and you were a bulimic, right? Mm-hmm. They know. Oh, because they can see the scarring? Yeah, because the scarring, the way that a bulimic scars on their the top of their stomach lining and their esophagus is just, it's not like oh. people that have acid reflux. It's not people that throw up all the time. It's something very specific to bulimics, they say. And it's because it's that repetitive um, like, like repetitive like, and over time, like yeah, repetitive aggressive is what they said. Um, because I had that's to so an interesting. Yeah, I had to have an endoscopy when I was in the hospital for my stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess we should definitely like get into that as well. Um, mm-hmm. 
And um, I like I remember waking up from my endoscopy and like the doctor closed the door. Right. And was like, like had everybody out and was like, Mm -hmm. are you still struggling? Was like her words. And I kind of looked at her and I was like, with what? And mind you, when I was in the hospital, I was very, very, very small. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> I am what? How tall am I? Five seven? Five yeah, seven, I'm like, yeah. Five, five, six, yeah, five, I'm five seven. seven, and I was admitted to the hospital at 103 pounds. Holy yeah, 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 yeah. Good. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, but you gotta remember I have spent what the last 10 years putting on muscle. So I am mm-hmm. I I am I have a very small frame. Um but I was very small when I was admitted. And um, she's like, how long, you know, how long were you suffering for? And I had to have a very open conversation with an ER doctor <laughs> who I had never met um, and wasn't super comfortable because I was still struggling with food then. So I came home from college. So I met a boy, right? And um, he ended up breaking up with me to go sleep with another girl that night who lived in a smaller body than I did. Mm. And what did I do? Felt very justified in being like, oh, smaller bodies are better. And it led to Oh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. It led it led to this very long um deep dive into orthorexia. I um started out with just eating clean is like the term, right? Well, what's orthorexia then? So orthorexia is the unhealthy control of food. Um so Do you also if- have like is it also like a body dysmorphia? Do you see yourself not um, as what you really are as well or is it like that's completely separate that's separate but yeah okay people that usually struggle with body dysmorphia like I do um I definitely do now mind you now I'm starting to actually see my body the way it is for I think like the first time in my life I'm like I love you like that's I, it's something I do every day is I literally look in the mirror and I like sometimes that's I powerful. hug myself sometimes I hug myself and it's super cheesy and I like lean into the cheesiness because I don't care like this is my journey you it's know true. it's been a really long hard journey and um I like I look at myself and I'm like I love you and then I will point out stuff and like talk to it um mm-hmm. like things that I used to like hate on like girl I have so much cellulite under my ass so much and I used Same. to like, right I used to be so bothered by it because you know the media sucks for um, real yeah like here let's take something that everyone has that is completely genetic females like, are literally built differently than men like right, for men right. to call like, out cellulite or say like oh that looks like cottage cheese like is literally messed up right but like uh no fuck you it's just normal you know um and I will literally like be like I love you I like you give yourself those little pep talks like you're resilient girl yeah I'm like you're a badass yeah I literally talk to things like if my stomach like because I have really really bad IBS which is interesting and another side effect of eating disorders oh did that piggyback off of of the eating disorder the stomach issue you can actually give yourself IBS um it's yeah yes which I knew because my mom had struggled with that in the past and I'm pretty sure it was stress induced um yes so so yeah so especially like to all of you people that have started a diet one cut your shit two 
you can give yourself severe IBS by dieting. You can. Mm. Um, now, mind you, those people typically can heal from their IBS. It's probably something I was genetically predispositioned for anyways. Yeah. So there's no way to know because you know me. I have such bad IBS. Like, oh, yeah. I, eat, I eat one thing that's not low FODMAP and I am laying on my cold floor because my back hurts so bad because I am so swollen and I'm in so much pain. Mm-hmm. Um. But when my stomach is just not behaving, because even if I follow a perfectly low FODMAP diet, for lack of better terminology, um, I my my stomach will swell. You know, it happens. Mm-hmm. And I will talk to my little puffy stomach. I'm like, you're so cute. <laughs> you know, and it like it sounds so goofy. It does. Like I literally like laugh when I do it. I like laugh at myself. Um, but it's rewiring my brain. which is so hard. You know, I'm, I'm almost 30 years old and I have got, you're having to rethink. Yeah. I have to like retrain and teach. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I'm fighting. That is not easy. Right. I'm fighting a battle every single day. And I forget to like give myself props for that because you walk into target. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's magazines literally as you're checking out, that's like the 20 best diets that work. Look, this girl lost 15 pounds in in two weeks and all these other things. And it's like, you are constantly reinforced everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere you go in the media, celebrities, like it's plastered everywhere. It's everywhere. So how do you think people can get away from that? So I, well, I don't remember where I read it or where I saw it because I don't think it's in Evelyn's book. Evelyn Tripley, I think that's how you pronounce her name. Um, she was the one that kind of wrote about um, intuitive eating. Mm-hmm. And she really kind of sh- paved the way for intuitive mm-hmm. eating and okay. changing the mindset around dietitians and doctors that it should be about the patient Totally. Which is actually kind of cool because now they have those testing out there where you can do the blood test to see what kind of foods you should be eating that are best to nourish your body, which that's the direction we should be going, which is kind of what you're on when, when you talk about FODMAP, if people don't know, can you let them know what FODMAP FODMAP. is? Yeah. I can totally talk about FODMAP. Um, I've had a lot of people question me. They're like, Oh, cause I tell them that you're doing that to help with IBS. And they're like, what exactly is that? Cause not, it's not really that known. It's it's super not one because it came out of Australia and it's only a few years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. and they're constantly testing. Like I tell you all the time, like I have to always check my app because like they'll, they'll add new, um, or they'll retest like serving sizes and stuff like that. Would you, would you even call it a diet too? Because I feel like it's a yes, like diet, but it's like a set of food groups that only you can eat specific for your body kind of thing. I don't like Like, calling it a diet because I'm so anti-diet. I'm so anti-diet. I know. Um, But the thing is, is I am not on this way of eating to lose weight. Right. Exactly. Like that's the biggest thing to call out. That's in the fact, biggest differentiator. Right. In fact, I wish that I could throw low FODMAP out the fucking door. <laughs> I, I bet you do. So what exactly is low FODMAP, FODMAP for everyone listening? So low FODMAP is, um, is actually carbohydrates at the end of the day. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, what is it? Fermentable, aquaglyceride, polyphenol. Fermentable, 
oleo I can't oh, even pronounce it. No, saccharides, yeah. disaccharides, and monosaccharides, right. and polyols, P-O-L-Y-O-L. Polyols. Essentially a short-chain carbohydrate yeah. that is poorly absorbed by your small intestine. intestine. Yep. And then causes dis- and then it's causes- prone. Yeah, it's prone to absorb water and ferment in the colon. So that's why you get that uncomfortable feeling in your stomach when it wants to bloat. <laughs> which I've seen happen to you, like, and looks insanely painful. So the thing is with FODMAPs, right? Each one of the five different groups causes a different stressor to your small and large intestine. Um, I am the most sensitive to ones that cause gas, like for a lack of better Mm -hmm. term, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, those literally put me in instant pain. My stomach swells. Like I look like I'm nine months pregnant. It is solid, hard. It is so inflamed. It's so painful. You've seen it. It's wild. It's very weird. Um, that is the group I'm the most sensitive to right now. There are ones that bring water into your gut. There are ones that simply cause inflammation, so on and so forth. The only, the ones that I am not as sensitive to, which are the ones I always try to do when I try reintroduction, Mm -hmm. um, because FODMAP is actually not supposed to be a lifelong thing. You're actually just supposed to do elimination, right? And mm-hmm. then you're actually supposed to retry reintroduction as much as possible once you have had some. Oh, yeah. I like that mindset. Okay. Yeah. This is not supposed to be permanent because as my dietitian said, it is the most restrictive diet out there. It really is. It really Just from is. what I've seen, what you can and can't eat is it's, crazy. Yeah, it's really wild. Um, but... It is actually proven with science. Um, they literally test things by burning them. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's how they test it. You like, you know, when you go in my app, right? It's at, for anybody mm-hmm. that's wondering, it's the Menash app. They are a university that constantly tests the food for the levels of FODMAP in them. Um, they mm. burn it and they figure it out. That's why there's different serving sizes that are like green, red, yellow, so on and so forth, um, depending on the level of um, triggering food or like the, mm-hmm. the level of the carbohydrate. Yeah. Um, so the ones I'm not as sensitive to are actually the ones with like blueberries. Um, I think it's the fructans one. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not as sensitive. I'm actually not sure what the stressor is on that one. I think it's the, I think it's water, but I'm not, don't quote me on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know I'm not as sensitive. I have not been successful on reintroduction, not once, but that's okay. But it's learning, yeah, what your body likes and what yeah. it doesn't. And maybe over time it'll change as your body heals more. And yeah, it's just about, about that trial and error, really, right? Yeah. So so going back to Evelyn and intuitive eating. Mm-hmm. Um so she she really paved the way on being like your client, right? Your patient knows their body than you ever could. This is true. (laughs) They know what signals their brain is telling them when they're hungry, when they're not. Right. Um, They know what doesn't feel good. They know what does feel good. Um, Mm -hmm. You need to tailor that around them. And then there is so, so many studies on intuitive eating. And Mm -hmm. because the thing about intuitive eating, it's not like, I think there's this huge misconception around it. In fact, I know there's this huge misconception around it that Mm -hmm. like, once you do intuitive eating and you like give yourself permission to eat all foods, right? Cause that's like the first law is you have permission mm-hmm. to eat all foods that you're just going to like eat pizza 
all fucking day. <laughs> okay. You're going to feel lethargic real quick. Right. That's all you're That's eating though. Right. That's the thing. People don't realize that like once you let go of food rules and like, let me be so honest and Bryn can speak to this because she stayed with me through all of recovery, like all of recovery. Mm-hmm you do kind of go buck wild for a bit. Initially. You know? Yeah. You're yeah. like, it's freedom for you. You're like, right. hell yeah, right. let's go. I remember like one test day, the limits. Right. I remember one day I ate, <laughs> I ate a dozen donuts. <laughs> for like hell yeah. Right. For like breakfast. Right. Mind you, gluten is like something I have not had for years because I knew very <laughs> early before I knew what FODMAPs were or anything like that. Like I knew my stomach and gluten did not yeah. get along. I got tested for celiacs. I got tested for an allergy to gluten. They're like, no, like you are fine. I'm like, no, listen, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I flare up every time. Right. Like, well, they didn't know like IBS is also like not something anybody cares about. And so there's, there hasn't been much research done on it until like Mm -hmm. the past few years. Mm So, um, yeah, if, if you and gluten don't get along or like you and some food don't get along and your doctor's telling you you're crazy, tell them to fuck off. Trust yourself. Honestly, trust trust your gut. Literally trust your gut. Literally trust your gut. Um, so I knew gluten and me didn't get along. Okay. I ate 12 donuts, 12. I continued to eat for the rest of the day because do you remember my hunger was on through the roof? Yeah. It was through the roof. I, I felt like I literally like really could not find my fullness. Like I just couldn't. And it's because I, but you needed it. You, yeah, you were right. in a deficit for so long that for you like so were trying long. to re-nourish right. the body. Right. So I, um, so I ate all of that and I felt like shit, mm-hmm. shit mm-hmm. for days. No, dude, the come down from all that sugar. (laughs) Ask me if I've wanted a donut since. Nope. (laughs) Absolutely not. And like, that's intuitive eating, right? Yeah, that's true. Right. I gave myself permission and I realized gluten and me don't get along. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I haven't wanted a donut since. And like, that's okay. Not to say that I can't have a donut. I absolutely can have a donut. I love donuts. Let me be very clear. I love donuts. Mm. When eventually I do get that craving for donuts again, I'm just going to do it the right way. You know, um, I actually have an entire pantry of sweets. You've seen it. I have like four different types of cookies. I've got ice cream bars. I got candy. I got whatever you want. And it's because if I keep those foods in my house, right, I'm never missing them. And you're not going to like binge on it when you do want something because you have access to it at any point in time. It's all in moderation. Like I have to have a piece of like chocolate every day or else I'm like, go crazy. I have a piece of dark chocolate when I first wake up. Yes. And I love that dude. If that's what makes you happy, then I'll be damned. Like just do it. So let's go back and talk about orthorexia and what it is and what you experienced. Right. So I started dating Sir Douche Lord and I started dating. Right. And like, I think it was like eight months or so we broke up and he started sleeping with this Mm -hmm. girl who was like five years younger than him and lived in a smaller body. Um, and I started eating clean, right. Which I think 
which that's so stupid. It, it's, it means nothing. Right? There, there's a yeah. difference between gentle nutrition and food rules. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of where we're going, right? So mm-hmm. this started this really downward spiral of orthorexia. And um, like most diets, right? It started out great. Everybody was like, oh, you look so phenomenal. Look at all the weight you've lost. I was like, oh, I feel good. You know, I was, I was eating whole foods. I was nourishing my body, right? Mm-hmm. I was working out, like actually working out. These are all good things that went the wrong way. Um, and it's because food rules do that to you. Mm-hmm. They do when you have legitimate rules and you restrict your food and you tell yourself no, they will backfire. Mm-hmm. 98% of diets fail within five years. You will gain back this more than true. you lost. Let me repeat that for anybody that started a diet. Because I understand it's January. It is. It's a new year, new me, apparently. Right, bullshit, which right? mm. No, fuck that. Fuck that. I hate that. I hate it. I hate it so much. Um, you will gain back more than you lost. Stop doing it. Absolutely. Facts. Big facts. Right there. there. I can send you so many studies. Yeah, there's research to back it. This is not a joke. And if you think it is, or if you think whatever like fad diet you're on is going to do the job, drop it, and then you're going to go back to your same lifestyle, it doesn't really work like that, sweetheart. No. Now, don't get me wrong. If it did, I'm pretty sure everyone Everyone. would be doing it. That's the thing. If diets worked, everyone would live in a smaller body. There is no right? quick fix. Like no, there's not. There really isn't. It's more about lifestyle and a sustainable lifestyle. Right. And that's the thing. I think everybody, like, like I said, with the misconception of intuitive eating, everyone thinks it's like pizza all the time. So it's like, and I love, there are so many dietitians, so many out there. And I feel like when we release this, we should definitely release like a page on Instagram of like dietitians to follow mm-hmm. because that was a huge thing for my recovery was like surrounding myself with people that supported this with facts, right? Because I needed to ground myself. And for me, I'm very science-based. The facts were what kept me in the work. Like when I, yeah, when I would feel like really unwavering and I had put on all this weight and I was so swollen and I felt so lost, so confused, so hungry, like all of these emotions, I would look at all of these people and all this like set point data and all of these intuitive eating studies and all of the failed diet studies and everything else. And I was like, okay, no no, this, this is the work. Like this, this is worth it. Me loving myself is worth it. Me having a good relationship with something as simple as eating, right. Mm-hmm. Is worth it. It's more it's, than worth it. Absolutely. Right, absolutely. I deserve to not stress and think about food all fucking day long. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's Point amazing. Blank. It's right. It's amazing how much brain space I have now that I don't think about food all day. <sighs> Woof. so much more like productive I'm sure in terms of oh, like yeah. work life and like getting oh other God, things yeah. done that like are more important oh. than having to worry about what right. you're gonna eat next or what you're right. not gonna eat next or whatever it may be yeah so um the spiral really got worse when I started dating my last boyfriend and um mind you I had like you know peaked and valleyed with orthorexia like through the years right but I guess that was like almost five years ago now that we started dating mm-hmm. four or five, something like that. Yeah. And, um, I was a vegan then. 
I have been a mm-hmm. vegan for a while. And um, some part of me being a vegan was not for the right reasons. I have no problem saying that. It's now, true, mind It takes you, a lot, honestly, it takes, because it takes a lot. It takes people a lot. that are vegan are like very strong and vegans for a reason and like they don't really want to even like it's like they don't want to talk about it and because they're not I would feel judged but I never felt judged by you as a vegan and like some people that I've known in the past which is so stupid chose to live that way would like look at me weird and like I never wanted to like have a meal with them right and you and I would go out to eat all the time yeah all the time I don't care no but like some part of me was not a vegan for the right reasons now the majority of me was I think for Mm -hmm. the I very much on the like I want to say 90 percent right like I want to be very honest yeah so why do you what's what's the 10 percent though like why do you say that was because like I wanted to be tinier you know like I did and you see all like I see these typical vegans right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so small you know, fair. Right. Yeah. But I never like, thought of it like that, but yeah. Yeah. Right. But like the majority yeah. of me did it for ethical reasons. Um, and obviously like, I'm just, I don't, I don't like meat. It's not my shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not, I, I've never, um, now mind you, I was a pescatarian for like eight years before I went vegan and everything else. Like a pescatarian mm-hmm. is the way I like to live my life. It's very natural. It's very easy for me. I don't think about it twice, you know? Um, but, I started dating my ex, right? And I lived in a slightly larger body than I do now. I mean, I guess, I mean, it was larger. It wasn't the largest I've ever been or anything like that. And um, he introduced me to macros. And then this is where shit got bad. Like this. Ooh. So for people that don't know, macros are macronutrients, correct? And this is where you're divvying up like, proteins versus carbs. carbs Okay. Okay. Yep. Now I have to be really honest in saying that macros actually were good for me on some level. As a vegan, I think it could be helpful for some people, right? Like that's to think about. I would talk to a dietitian on that. Like don't go like researching. Yeah. Think that you are deficient in anything. Okay. Mm -hmm. I can give you a list of dietitians who are freaking phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Um, I worked with a dietitian during my recovery because I needed someone who knew science, who knew what to do, like, which was important for you. Yeah. Yeah, It was really big so that I didn't feel super lost. Um, and, um, shout out to Kelsey. Huge shout out. Yes. (laughs) Huge shout out. Love Kelsey. Love her. Super great. So Um, then why were the macronutrients do you think like a detriment to your mindset then? Well, I want to start with why they were positive, I think, um, okay. because I, I don't want to like let that go because actually that might be something that someone who goes into recovery does have to fight. And I didn't, um, it let me get rid of food guilt. Um, anything was okay. Huh. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I like, as long as it, yeah, was fit as into long those macronutrients, right, which is, which yeah, is, which the, is the hard part. part. Yeah. Right. That's the, I remember part. you always thinking that like, you were like, well, right. I can eat it if it fits within like this certain right. constra- like, constraints that I have. Yeah. And so stupid. So, Just yeah. eat the fucking food. Um, but like, you know, but it did get rid of that guilt that I had built up through the years of living in this fucked up society where it's like, don't eat the chocolate chip cookie. Oh my mm-hmm. God. That's a bad food. What? Mm-hmm. It's a food. Like, that's <laughs> it tastes damn good. Like, what do you what? mean? Like, what? 
oh my god if you want if you want a cookie and if you need a sign to eat a cookie girl, that was your sign girl go is, eat your cookie yeah go eat your cookie please go eat your cookie i've eaten two cookies today and a piece of chocolate oh yeah for sure yeah, right like that's my <laughs> life that's, yeah no absolutely what is my life without chocolate i, have I no want it clue. right for real um, Some people like salty though, like do your thing, but I'm I'm not that girl. No, that is, me either. That is not my I journey. really wish I was. But... That is not my journey. Like the people that are like pile through like a bag of chips and feel so satisfied. I'm like, I don't I don't Andrew and I will like literally level a sleeve of cookies and like Right. Like that is my jam. So Absolutely. Oh, oh my God. God. Well, I mean, Amazing. I, I, I have to admit, I don't really eat a sleeve of cookies these days. It doesn't make me feel good. But like that, but if like if I wanted to. Yeah. That, yeah. Biscoffs, dude. There's a tea cookie. Girl, mm, right. get you a little right. tea cookie, a little light right. and airy. Oh, <laughs> like that's my shit. Not, not a bag of chips. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so macros were good in the sense that like right. you knew what kind of nutrients you were putting in your body. Yeah. It, not even that. It just, it really got rid of food guilt. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I think it also you didn't feel bad me. because of like you knew you had X amount to eat that day, like in terms oh, of like calories. Okay, absolutely, it was so bad, and I just it got really bad because I just kept cutting. I kept cutting and cutting and cutting and cutting and cutting. Um, I remember when um, Jeff originally made me my macro plan. It was like seventeen hundred calories. Oh, I should have put a trigger wording there. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and it was like. 200 grams of protein and like i think i had like 60 carbs holy for no one that knows about and i don't know macros, that much about it but yeah i've only 60, learned from 60 you really. carbs it's like nothing nothing you cannot fuel your body on that and you, oh for those of you that don't know your brain runs on carbs literally runs on carbs it needs mm-hmm. carbs to survive so like if you've been dieting and you don't feel super you feel really foggy in your brain yeah you're not eating enough mm-hmm. um it's very simple so i did that and i lost a lot of weight and per usual people acknowledged and they congratulated me and i got reinforced yet again that living in a smaller body was better which um, that needs to go out the fucking window that's gotta go in 2021 people need to stop Stop. commenting on weight period like right or weight loss or weight gain because that's happened to me and i haven't even had an eating disorder and like that it's upsetting right sent me through yeah Yeah. the roof because i i want to be gaining muscle so like to me that was like offensive because i'm like i bust my ass in the gym to put muscle on and not to be losing it (laughs) so like you never know what someone wants to do or like what they're going through exactly and that's what the everyone needs to remember like at the end of the day i worry about yourself i remember reading something at the beginning of recovery and it was it was a dietitian, and they asked, like they put out a poll on Instagram and it was, what were you going through when someone complimented your weight loss? And the mm. first person that answered said chemotherapy. Oh yeah. Let that sink in. Someone was complimented on their weight loss while they were going through chemotherapy so if you have ever, ever 
Yeah, complimented someone on their weight loss. Shut the fuck up. And I don't mean to sound like a raging bitch. I really don't. But like, we are going to make this world a badass place. We're going to do that together by putting in the work, by changing the narrative, by changing our bad behaviors, by rewiring our brains, right? That's what we're going to do. Stop complimenting weight loss. Period. For God's fucking sake. I've had it. We were talking about this, right? I have had it so much the past, like, I guess it was like a few months now. I've like, I've slowly started going back to my set point. And yes, I feel way more comfortable. I have no problem saying that, but it's because I'm not swollen. I feel better. Like my body is healing better. I don't, I don't feel gross. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I physically feel comfortable. Um, And it's not because of what I look like. That's something to be very, very deeply understood. And I need it to be understood. When I was going through recovery and I I put on a lot of weight and I put on a lot of weight really fast. And I was also very, very, very swollen, which is really common. There's actually Mm -hmm. a term around it. um, And I can't remember what it is, but it's your body healing. Um, Mm -hmm. It, it, it is, it holds on to everything. It like really deeply holds on to it. And it causes a lot of swelling, especially around the face. Um, I was so physically uncomfortable. Like, I didn't yeah. feel it. I've just felt swollen and like, I just. On it a, makes sense. Your body's healing from the inside out. Literally right, like right. it has to. Yeah. Um, so, but like people have been complimenting my weight loss lately and it's usually on Instagram because that's where I have a decent amount mm-hmm. of following, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it's revolves around posting photos of yourself and people yeah. pretty people much giving recognition right. and praise right. to your images of what you look like. And a lot of these people don't even know you personally. So, right. It's so stupid. It's unfortunate, and, but yeah, <laughs> most of the time it's... I just kind of like write it off. But, um, but sometimes there's that one comment that'll stick or something. And, right. and it's I, like, I mean, Dude, like one, I have not had intentional weight loss. I have not tried to lose weight. I have tried to heal my body. I have tried to heal my relationship with myself. I have tried to heal my relationship with food. That's what I've tried to do. Exactly. Please do not make a damn comment. (laughs) You know, just stop. Just stop. It's very simple. It's unnecessary. So, um, but at the beginning of recovery, usually like the first thing you have to really fight with, and especially if you like go somewhere, if you were in a really unhealthy place, like, um, like I relapsed with bulimia multiple times because of my orthorexia. It was just like this, this natural, almost like a comfort zone, right? Which is Mm -hmm. horrible to say it is like physically hurting myself was a comfort zone. Mm. That's, that's horrible. It's sad. Yeah. I have literal scars on my knuckles. My stomach ripped open. <laughs> I have scars on the inside of my body from what I did. And that's okay. That is all right. It made me who I am. It made me my story. It made me strong. It made me able to change the narrative, to fight for to people. To spread awareness. Yeah. Right to be here talking about this right now. Exactly. Um, like you've seen my knuckles. I, my middle knuckle is red on both hands and will probably will be for the remainder of my life. It's never really calmed down for the past few, you know, ever since I went and like was really into boxing, it got super bad. Like the skin was already thin and mm-hmm. 
never went back really. Um, like it made, it made the scars red. I should have clarified that the scars were right there. Um, and, um, my orthorexia, my control, this like absolute need to keep cutting food and cutting food and cutting food and limiting myself and making more and more food rolls. You know, mm-hmm. like I was on Mac. I remember it was like, what was it? Like two winters ago, I was on macros. I was a vegan and I was low FODMAP. Oh, and I think I was anti-inflammatory on top of it. What the Shh. fuck? Could, just, sure. even, I can't even keep track of fine. all that. It's like, what, sure. what am I yeah. able to eat no, here? No, it's fine. Yeah, right. No, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. Um, so like you did talk about the, the pro of macros was you, you let go of the guilt. You were able to eat whatever you wanted to eat as long as it fit within these, these rules here. So then what do you think is the negative side of having macros in your life? The cutting cutting of it. And like also this like negative connotation around carbs, like, especially in like the fitness Mm -hmm. world, carbs, cut carbs, cut carbs. That's so stupid. That is, it is such a huge thing. And even carb cycling and like, yeah, <laughs> the, so, the entire mindset of like cutting and bulking too yeah, in, absolutely. In, in the fitness world too. Absolutely. You're around like carbs. I don't think most people understand and like why carb diets are so, I, I say this with like the most judgment, right? Like, please take it that way. The reason that carb dieting is so popular and so successful at first is because carbs actually hold double the amount of water molecules inside of your body than fat and protein do. Mm-hmm. So, which is which and I've said this to a couple of people <laughs> right. because keto is so big right now. Right. So, yes, keto can work initially, but not sustainable. It right. is not. Well, that's the same it's yeah, you're right because it's restriction. You will binge. So, the number one prediction of binging, right? Because diets will end up in binge or breaking your rules and feeling guilty and binging, right? Mm. That's, that's how diets work. You will binge. You will end up binging. That is so You will true. end up gaining the weight back. You will end up gaining more weight back. Can I say it louder? Fuck your diet. Fuck your diet. Throw it out the door. Throw it out the door right now. Please. Gotta go. Peace Please. out. Never come back. Literally. Actually, I really want to like speak to this, right? If this conversation is making you uncomfortable, I get it. I get it. Because you think that I'm attacking you, right? Because it's not not the goal. Mm, Yeah. No, it's but it feels that way. I get Mm -hmm. it because I've been on the other side of it. I remember like watching videos of these intuitive eaters and and like getting angry, right? Because I felt like they were attacking me. And it's because you know deep down that it's not right that it's hurting, Mm -hmm. it's doing more damage. That's okay. That's okay. When you're ready to heal, I am here for you. There are resources here for you. That's okay. But the number one predictor of binging is restriction. Whatever that restriction looks like, if it's an eating disorder, if it's a diet, whatever it is, the number one prediction of binging is restriction get rid of your damn restriction. So do you think that's kind of like the flow? It's like, if you have, if you're on a diet, then you stop because you start, you start binging on something, you want something you can't have. And then you start restricting, like whether it's your calories or whether it's your nutrients or whatever it is. Like, is that kind of like the flow you think it kind of goes in? 
and you have that's fair I've never thought of it like that yeah and you and you have to like break that cycle of that binge and restrict and binge and restrict right it's just it's like the oh well I fucked it you know like you've heard the people they're like oh well I had a bad day and like continue to eat bad yeah oh it's my cheat day because I've already messed up in the mornings and now I'm just gonna keep eating horrible all day and then I'll just make up by like not either not eating tomorrow or whatever it might be only eating x amount of calories which I think is crazy I another point do you think that restaurants putting the calorie amount on their menu is a good or a bad thing Oh, I think it's super fucked up. I think it's horrible. Like, I think it's it, awful. And I've never had like a problem and it makes me like rethink like, but oh, then shit, don't you maybe like, I don't want to get that right. meal. Right. And it, and like, it gives me a weird freaking thought in my head. And I'm like, what the hell? But I wanted that to begin with. Like, why am I right. even looking at the number? Does the number even matter? Right. No, it really doesn't. No. Right. When like you well know that if you were to eat like a heavier calorie meal and you took your time and you enjoyed it, you probably wouldn't want as much as the lower calorie meal. This is very simple, but because you saw the number, you're like, oh my God, that one's bad because it's bigger. Exactly. So, so stupid. But it does mess with you. It so like, messes with you. It's because we've been trained for so long, like for so long. All right. So we've heard a little bit about your journey but how did you decide that recovery was going to be the next step for you? Yeah. So, um, I think it was really apparent to everyone around me that I had been struggling so hard for so many years. Um, and then when I left my relationship, even when I sent videos to Sam, like an hour ago, like looking at those videos and seeing how small I was, right. It was so eye-opening of like how much I was struggling and I was, I, I had done it again. You know, I was dealing with my stress, with my negative feelings around leaving my relationship with getting smaller, with controlling my food. I was, I absolutely was, um, you know, I've talked about it on here before, but I wasn't I wasn't happy about leaving my relationship. Um, My ex, you know, did a total 180, but I wasn't happy to leave my relationship. Yeah, it was the right thing and I've never second guessed it. But like when I left, part of me wanted everything to go back to the way it was. Part of me wanted it to be able to be fixed. And so I was really sad. Um, Yeah, that's human nature. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was the right thing to do. Absolutely. And I mean, it's easy though. No, it wasn't easy. It was very sad dealing with a lot. You know, I was, I was dealing with a lot and I decided to restrict and work out all the time because I was numbing out. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was controlling, I was controlling everything. And inevitably I ended up like putting on weight because my body was in protection mode. It was trying to stay alive. I relapsed with bulimia again, and I was just in this really bad place. Inevitably got back into macros like hard because I was like, oh, well, this this was good for me. The first time I did it, I'll just be more responsible. No, it continued to defeat me. You know, it continued to make me feel like I wasn't good enough when I couldn't make my food rules. Um, 
And like, that's the horrible thing about diets is like you, they literally tell you that you fail. God damn. I hate that word. If you slip up. Yeah. If you slip up a little bit, if you're not following exactly to a T, there are written rules. Dude, you can't fail at things. Dude, there are no rules to life. So like, why should there be rules to what you eat? Right. You, you, you need food to survive. Mm-hmm. You don't think about breathing. You don't think that you failed at breathing. Right? Nope. You're fueling everything that you're doing in your day. Like, right. Like why are you, what? I think it had been really apparent to everyone around me and I had had so many breakdowns and, you know, I relapsed and all just all of this crap. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had decided that I was going to reverse diet. Mm-hmm. Um, what what exactly is that? Because I've heard that term before, but yeah. I never really like, exa- I feel like I kind of know, but not really know so what that re- even means. Right. So a reverse diet is when you've been in a calorie deficit for a really long time, you actually start adding back calories um, into your diet, right? Your food More gradually then? Right. So like More okay. gradually. Yeah. And then you'll end up, and you'll basically put yourself in a calorie surplus at some point to mm-hmm. re- it's it's to reset your metabolism. Um, okay. It's just a really negative, toxic mentality of, well, I'm going to screw with my meta- my metabolism by taking it up and taking it down and taking it up and taking it down. No, just leave it alone. Leave it alone. Let it heal. Let it be. Your metabolism knows what the fuck it's doing. Just leave mm-hmm. it alone. I think I reverse dieted for like three or four weeks or so. I, I remember when you were doing this, weren't you working with Amelia to kind of up your calories over time or was this a, was, a different point in time? That was a different point, but, okay. um, but shout out to Amelia acknowledging and trying to like a one day one for yeah. real. Like she's, she really like is, OG. you know, like I would get really mad at her and I have no problem saying this. Um, I would get really mad at her. I know it's because I could not hear what she was trying to say. Mm-hmm. And I know she was just trying to make sure that I survived and made sure that I lived my life. Um, but I just got angry and defensive because that was my control. That was the one thing I had. That was the one thing I always had for 20 years was my mm-hmm. control. Yeah, she was trying to take that away from you. You right. didn't like it. She was right. like, like trying it. to say like, hey, you need to do X, right. Y, Z. And you're like, right. I don't want to hear that. So I was like, I'm going to get not. This is my comfort zone. Right. Yeah. yeah. Nothing, nothing survives in a comfort zone. Nothing. No. I was like, I think it was at the beginning of quarantine. I started to like reverse diet. And so then what did it take? So you started reverse dieting with a dietitian or with the nutritionist you were working with? No, or I didn't was this myself. on your own? I did it myself. And then it was really honestly, like, I know everybody had a shit 2020. I get it. (laughs) I'm not trying to take that pain away from anybody, but I am eternally grateful for quarantine because I had to face the fact that I wasn't okay. There was no escaping it. Dude, you had to sit with it because, and like, I saw it firsthand because I know how you are and how you used to distract yourself with like right. things outside of right. I used dealing to with your own like schedule. personal problems. Yeah. Right. So that, and right. that's right. a freaking hard truth, man. Like yeah. a lot of people shy away from that and don't ever, they just keep pushing it away or push it down. They're like, I'm not confronting this. And 
dude, that shit takes some goddamn power. So I really do acknowledge you and want to say that I saw that firsthand and I I give you a lot of freaking credit. It was really hard because I had been running away from it for so long. I had been running from it for 20 years. And Mm, oh my God, that's wild. Right. More than half of your, more than half of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Two thirds of my life. I had been running away. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. So you're in quarantine. You're faced with it. So now you're like, shit, what am I going to do? So I think it was because I also was like, so surrounded. This is like when I got TikTok too. And like intuitive eating kept showing up everywhere. Like it really did. It kept showing up and like, and like, like anti-diet culture Mm -hmm. and like just the, the super toxic mentalities were being shoved in my face of like, hey, this is fucked up. And I was like, oh, what? Wait, mm-hmm. wait, I identify with everything you're saying. Wait, diets fail. Wait, what is set point? What's all in? What are all of these mm-hmm. things? If you guys have like questions on like all in and like, you know, the toxic yeah, mentality, yeah, yeah, the toxic mentality, and like a little bit more of the scientific stuff behind and like videos. I really would suggest you check out Stephanie Buttermore on YouTube. She used to compete in bikini and was very large on YouTube. She still is very large on YouTube, mm-hmm. and lost her period. That was going to be one of the questions I was going to ask you. Yeah, too. yeah, she lost her period and all of mm-hmm. these things. And she went all in. She gained 65 pounds doing all in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like her hunger, it's, it, and it, she, she walks you through like her all in, all in journey. I didn't mm-hmm. necessarily do all in. I didn't really, for the most part, didn't have as extreme of hunger. Don't get me wrong. I was still very, very hungry, but I didn't have as extreme hunger and tried to still nourish on some level, um, you know, I kind of took like a middle ground of like gentle nutrition and all in. I very much honored like what felt good. Yeah, um, it's whatever works for you. Right, right. And but like if you want more of the science behind it, I definitely suggest you check that out because she actually is a scientist and oh, good she, resource. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's phenomenal. Like she pulled data charts and like body scans, all of it. She pulled in dietitians from all over the world, like super detailed, very, very powerful. So like, if you have any questions on all of that, like I definitely suggest checking that out and like checking out like how severe hunger can get. It was really like following me everywhere. Mm -hmm. And finally, I, I'll like literally never forget. I called Brittany Mm -hmm. and I've said this to her 15 million times. Brittany has been like my saving grace in quarantine. Like, yeah. It really has. And it's just because she's so patient. She's so calm. She's just, she really so, knows like the right thing to say at the right she's, time. She's really just like so loving and just, she's phenomenal. I'm trying to like sort through my head, you know? And I decided I was going to go into recovery. And I didn't really know what that looked like at the time. I didn't know what I was going to do. I don't think I really did until like a few months in. Mm-hmm. Um, I reached out to Kelsey mm-hmm. and I actually all I never forget Kelsey was so was just so great with me in the fact that like when I first wrote it out I was like I want help with intuitive eating and losing weight I think is what I wrote on the thing right yeah because like I was already in a larger body at that time 
um, than I would like to have been. I think like thinking back to that really bad mindset, Mm -hmm. you know, it's really crazy to think that wasn't even a year ago. And I still didn't think I was valid in that body. Oh my gosh. That's wild. Isn't that really crazy? I didn't know you wrote that to her, like to think about all you'd been through. And then those words still come out of your mouth, but like you were kind of ingrained to think that, you know, like when you, when you look back at it, it's like, holy shit. I had been taught that for 20 years. So, um, it makes sense when you look at it in retrospective, but that's crazy. Okay. And and she by title is a dietitian or a a nutritionist. Okay. Dietitian. dietitian. Yep. She went to school. She's, she's legit. She's certified. Yes. She's certified. And Kelsey very much because she's an athlete. Right. And that was, and like, I've known Kelsey for years and I needed that level of comfort. Kelsey combines intuitive eating with, with athletic nutrition. I loved that. There are some dietitians that are very much like intuitive eating, like recovery dietitians, stuff like that. And while that's not like Kelsey's like specialty, she really specializes in athletes. She was amazing, you know, and she was so gentle with me. And we set like little mini goals of everything. And our, like, she just like took her time shifting with me and shifting like how we were doing, what we were doing together. And Mm -hmm. she kind of let me guide it in a way that she would like lead it so that I got to where she wanted me to get. Does that make sense? Yeah. She'd be like, like, well, what if you put the foods in your house, you know? Yeah. Without like telling you to do it, like kind of getting you to do it on your own. Right. And I remember- I love that. It's like a little bit of psychology there, but- she was so great. It obviously worked in a positive way. Yeah. And eventually like when I would fill out my goals for every time we met, it finally got to- like it was, you know, at first I was like, I want to be better about my nutrition. I want to be in a smaller body, like, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. and it finally got to you, like, there was a section I'd be like, what are you proud of? And I'd be like, just me. I'm proud Aww. Of you. You so know, like, you were I working through there. like a workbook, correct? Like you were actually yeah. writing down these things and these yeah. milestones and goals so, that you wanted to achieve. Right. Over so time. Kelsey, Kelsey actually works out of the intuitive eating workbook. She uses that with um, like her clients that need more help in intuitive eating and like breaking food rules and stuff like that. I had actually already purchased it. Um, first, I purchased the anti-diet book, which I do suggest reading. I have read it since. But when I first started, that was not what I needed because it has all of this history on mm-hmm. diet culture, which like shout out diet culture is just a breakdown of racism and the patriarchy. Like that's where it came Mm -hmm. from, Mm -hmm. which is super messed up, super messed up. Like if you are supporting diet culture, you are supporting racism. That's not cute. We flip the bird to you. Yeah. We flip the bird to it. No, we're not. That's not what, that's not what we're up to. That's Mm -mm. not it. That, that (laughs) is everything we're against. (laughs) Right. No, that is not it. Literally. So, And like, I had no idea. I don't think it's like very widely known, you know, that like diet culture is so rooted in racism, but that wasn't what I needed in recovery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I needed 
support. I needed to do the work. I didn't need to know the history. Now I like knowing the history, but that's not what I needed when I didn't feel like I had ground underneath me. Mm -hmm. So I bought the, the intuitive eating workbook and it's by Evelyn Tripley. I think, I think that's her last name. I know it's Evelyn, but I don't know. I think it's Tripley. I'll have to look it up. Um, but like it literally asks you some intense questions. like make you think like Uh, deep about everything yeah like why do you think your body is invalid oh wow so they're getting like deep with it like you're actually having to think about it versus being like yeah oh I just want to have a smaller body to live in it's like no no. no, like you need to get to the root of it and why right okay like like this is this journey right this journey was like, yeah, I have a good relationship with food now. I have no problem saying that. Like I do have, I have a good relationship. But it took work. Like It took work. And it wasn't the work that I did with food, right? Actually, I have no problem saying this. A lot of the exercises in the workbook around food, I did not do them mm-hmm. because I work. And <laughs> writing down how full I felt after two hours of a snack just kind of got oh, felt pointless to you yeah no it's just like I didn't think about it like I that wasn't what I needed and that's okay you you got to take what you totally need. and I did I took the work of healing my relationship with seeing myself and my yeah. body that was the work that I needed to do and feeling validated in my body like I said I really think that I got over food guilt and everything else with macros and it was really uh-huh. kind of I think it was healing my metabolism and healing my hunger and everything else, um, mm-hmm. which I did, you know, I was really, really hungry for a while and now my hunger is really stabilized. Um, it's pretty easy to open the refrigerator and be like, okay, rice sounds good and mm-hmm. shrimp sounds good. And mm, maybe a little bit of avocado and some salsa, you know, and like simple, but I had to really do the hard work with my relationship with loving my body and what it looked like that that was the the heavy lifting for me mm-hmm. so i had bi-weekly meetings with kelsey and we really talked about my goals and how i was doing and she would set me up with like little baby goals um that really kind of aligned with the intuitive eating workbook mm-hmm. you know we would do like chapters and everything and she would check in with me and she was just really this not even like guiding for, she really let me lead it. I don't, she, Uh she led me in the right direction, but I don't, I don't know how to describe it. She like gave you a push, like you, but like you took your training wheels off essentially. Like she, she, you were the one riding the bike, I guess. Like she gave you the push, you, she launched you off and then tiny, that tiny little bump, you know? And I think something important you said too, which like can play into life is you took what you needed out of her push really like in her guidance like you took those golden nuggets you didn't do every single exercise in the workbook but you took those things that you did need to reflect on for yourself and like you went deep in those areas and that I think can apply to every aspect of life or just even this episode like not maybe not every single thing is going to land with every person listening but if you take one little piece of information or even if it's just what Katie said like you take what you need at any point in time and Mm -hmm. like just let that resonate with you then I think that's powerful it's so much about and like that's the beautiful thing about intuitive eating and why I think it just made sense right Mm -hmm. is that it is about you 
Mm. It's about what feels good to you. It's about eating to your hunger and your fullness and knowing that you are valid at whatever body you live in. And Mm -hmm. it's all about you. Yeah. At the end of the day, nobody else lives in your body. body. Your vessel is yours and yours only. So you're the only person who's going to know what feels good for you. What's the best thing to do, what you're thinking. And you have to cherish that and honor yourself. Right. I guess like diving a little bit more into like what recovery looks like and all of that good stuff per typical recovery things and like going from major restriction to, you know, eating to Mm -hmm. fullness. I swelled, absolutely swelled. Like my face was puffy, like day one. Um, I did put on a lot of recovery weight. I had really great boobs for a few months there. Like really great boobs. Damn. I love that. I know. I had real great boobs. My ass never has looked better. And like, I have a phenomenal ass. I love my ass. (laughs) It's already juicy. It's so good. It's so good. My ass is. I'm envious for real. Like no matter how many weights I lift, I can never look like that. How many pairs of jeans have my ass ripped? I don't know. I have no idea. So many. I feel like I've seen a few. You have. You were here when we. <laughs> no joke. When we were here, when Bryn was prepping for the photo for shoot. Photo shoot. I ripped like my favorite pair of jeans. Oh, you were so sad. You were like I was about so to like sad. we're about to walk out the door and like wear that for the first shot. I was so sad. I loved those jeans. My ass ripped them. <sighs> whatever it was for the best it was it's fine okay so it looked physically like bloating and like getting yeah. a little bit puffy inflamed I guess so puffy yeah and um and like living in front of a camera was really hard during those times especially like watching my face change because so what like, is, yeah because like uh, me myself right like you know I have very indented cheekbones and I have a very sharp chin line mm-hmm. and it was very obvious to see that my face looked very, very different in the camera. Whereas like, I was not really looking at the mirror that much um, because it wasn't serving me at the time. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't. And so I was kind of avoiding mirrors and I was wearing big baggy clothes. That was another thing. I got rid of all of my clothes that I had bought when I was like really like when I like really relapsed with my bulimia, which was like the summer previous. And I got rid of all my clothes and I bought new clothes because my new body needed new clothes. And it was very simple, but I bought like very baggy oversized. Yeah. What you felt comfortable in. Yeah. Yeah, We were in quarantine. quarantine. Yeah. Right. So I bought like really big oversized baggy clothes. So I wasn't really looking in the mirror, but living in front of a camera was, was hard because, um, I had to see my face and my face had really, really changed. That's hard in general though. Like I yeah. feel like the camera distorts what you look like oh, absolutely. as a whole, no matter if you're going through yeah. that or not. Dude, so yes, you might've, but I like, and I didn't even see you all of right. quarantine really. And, and I didn't. I didn't think you looked different. We would FaceTime almost every day right. because we were doing workouts together. Right. So like You're so you might've thought that, but like, yeah. I, like the, I never thought that it never like crossed my mind even, but like, okay, yes, you might've physically gone through some changes, but right. going through recovery 
mentally was, like oh did you God. feel better or I felt so great I felt so phenomenal I had so much energy I was so happy and um was that instant it wasn't instant um like you I think, think it that... took like a couple weeks or um, no it was like a few I feel like it was a few days I feel like it took me a while to like acknowledge it you know yeah. that I felt to, so like, great. settle into it yeah right but I will literally never forget the best feeling in recovery and um What's that? it was after I had decided to add fish back into my diet and I was very mm-hmm. like, anxious I had been a vegan for a very very long time mm-hmm. and I was really worried about because like I live my life pretty publicly oh yeah um I remember you were so right. worried about the perception because you'd talk to me about it I too was- and you were like do not tell anyone but I'm thinking about this right and I was really nervous um, because let me be honest, vegans can be like really damn mean, um, like really damn mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and just cause I, they have strong opinions and like more power to them, but right. I have, I also, like, let me be like, very clear. I were in the community for a long time. Right. So. Right. And I have absolutely nothing against a vegan diet at all. I think it's phenomenal. Like I really do. And if I didn't live such a restrictive life. It just, yeah. I was like, it just got too hard for you because right. you already had like so many restrictions just right. because of like your stomach that it like, got, yeah, crazy out of hand. Like right. you, were, you had, you could barely eat anything. I was like, you had yeah. like, could count on one hand, like what you could eat. Yeah. I'm like, dude, that's not okay. If, if I had a normal stomach, right, and didn't have to live by a FODMAP diet, because I have tried reintroduction so many times, mm-hmm. I would probably still be vegan, you know, but like, oh, I, I can't yeah. eat the majority of fruits and vegetables. Like, you know, I yeah. can't eat gluten. I can't like, so I had played with the idea for a really long time. It wasn't something that I like thought of overnight. Like I had been on a FODMAP diet for like a year and a half or mm-hmm. something like that. And had started thinking about it months, months previous that like how much easier my life would be. I made the decision and like a week later I was at my parents' house. I think I'm gonna like cry. <laughs> um, Hopefully happy tears. Yes. For the first time. And I cannot remember, like I literally cannot remember. I ordered food with my family. Mm-hmm. Did not think about it twice. I did not bring my own food. I did not try to control my own food in any way, shape, or form. I like I didn't think about it. Like, this is the best thing. I didn't even realize until I got in the car to drive home. And I sat down and I had family dinner. And I didn't think about food. Like I enjoyed the food, right? But I didn't think about it. And I sat down and I enjoyed dinner outside with my parents on the porch because, you know, my mom is high risk and COVID and all that mm-hmm. good stuff. And I had sushi with my parents and I got in the car and I started sobbing because I realized for the first time, and I do not remember, I didn't think about food. Oh my God. That's huge. I that's was, insane. Like, and like that's I, a huge right. hurdle that you jumped over to because you would always have to be, would you would always, bring food over right. the house all the time. Whenever you would go to dinner, I was like... I'd feel bad because you're like having to bring your own things. They don't have the same diet as you. So that's like, that in itself is like probably one of the best feelings. Right. And like, don't get me wrong. I don't mind bringing my food. Like it's something. No, but it's just like something easy. You could order out and not have to worry about what was going to come or what things you would need to take off because 
right. of your diet and what you can and can't eat. Like that's just massive. They didn't think about massive. the calories. They didn't think about the macros. They didn't feel guilty. I didn't think about the food. I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a delicious salmon avocado roll. Mm. And I don't remember what other roll. I just remember that that <laughs> salmon was like so good. To die for. Yeah, it was really good. It was like the first time I had found Oishi, which like shout out Oishi. They are my oh my God, Oishi. Ugh. They the took best. all your money. Oh Dude, my God, they, so they, good. I, I, like I'm pretty sure they're surviving COVID because of me and the amount of times I order from them a week. I did not think about the food. I didn't stress. I just sat That's down amazing. and was totally, completely present with my parent. That's what life's about, man. Right. It and really that's the is. thing. It, that's the thing. You breathe, right? You drink water without thinking about it. you do all these things. You do all these necessary things to live your life. And we have put such this stupid story around food. It's just, just a necessary part of your day. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. I am not saying do not enjoy food. Don't just like no. eat food and move on with your fucking day. Like, don't know. Like, for God's sake, sit down and enjoy your food. Like, take every single bite, like, thoroughly enjoy it. If you are not enjoying your food, why? I'm confused. But, like, you don't got to think about it, you know? Yeah. You can literally just have it's that. It's not that like, serious. Right. But, like, God damn, that was a really good meal. Totally. I love it. So, okay. So, that was your recovery during the beginning of quarantine. So how do you think it's going now? Like, how are you as a person? Like, how is everything? Yeah. Recovery is great. Um, (laughs) I wish I could say that the whole time. That's not the case. You know, like there were definitely Mm -hmm. really hard weeks. I can't even tell you the amount of times I called my mom, like shout out to Mo because like, she does not know how to operate this space. She really doesn't. I didn't talk to her about it growing up because it was my secret. I hit it. I hit it from everybody. Um, shout out. She really has just tried her hardest to be there for me. Um, listen to me break down. I can't tell you how many times sobbing about how uncomfortable I was, how weight gain and looking in the mirror and being alone was so hard, you know, like, cause here's the thing I went through fighting a 20 year battle by myself in the confines of my apartment with my dog and my cat. <laughs> right. Dude. Right. That's some it's shit a lot. right there. It's a lot. You, you gotta, you gotta face your demons. There's nowhere else to go. Um, Bro, that's willpower. Like, like, holy shit. Right. So shout out to Mo. And there were some really, really hard days, but also like there was another time. Um, it was for my mom's birthday and I went over to Southern Roots and I grabbed all of these pastries and a delicious almond milk latte. Um, I know they just, they do things right over there. Let me tell you, I was starving because we had had like training the day before at the studio. And I remember I had like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. classes, right. Mm-hmm. And I was really hungry. I, I hadn't eaten breakfast or something like that. And I was driving over and I like reached into the bag, even though like I was like 20 minutes from my parents' house, right? Right. I reached in the bag, grabbed this delicious, very large chocolate chip cookie and started eating it at a stoplight. Right. Because I was hungry. Mm -hmm. And I remember I got like halfway through and I took out my phone because I hadn't thought about it. And I started recording and I was like, guys, I want to like talk to you about recovery. And I did. I was like, I did not think about the calories in this. I didn't think about the macros. I just enjoyed the damn cookie. 
And then I got to my mom's and ate more pastries with my mom because it was her birthday brunch and they Hell looked good. Yeah. Right. And I didn't, I didn't overeat. I didn't feel gross. Like I didn't do any of that. I ate and enjoyed and like savored it. Celebrated and yeah, it right. felt I, good. Like, it's really funny. Like there was one of them that like, I just didn't like, I think it was like, it was like rose flavored or something like that. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that's not my jam. I think that's, I think it was like rose and lavender and I had a bite and I was like, no fragrant. Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) Which like old me would have been like, Oh no, you, you need to eat that because you can't eat it tomorrow. Why? Because it's stupid. Like, that's so stupid. Like saying it out loud now, I'm like, that's so stupid. So that was really great too. And but like there were some really hard weeks, some really, really mm-hmm. hard weeks. And even now, like, even like a like I think it was my last period because I I have an appetite um when I am hormonal, <laughs> right? I was like really, really hungry for like three days straight, and I was kind of questioning it. Not that I wasn't honoring it and I wasn't like telling myself, no, don't eat or anything like that. Um, but I was like really questioning it. It's like, dude, what? Mm-hmm. Dude, you know better. You know better. You got to this point. You got to this point of like feeling great, like not feeling puffy, like really recovering from your workouts and like feeling good because you trusted your body. Why the, what, why get up and go eat cereal, you dumbass. Um, <laughs> So I did. So recovery is going really great. Like I definitely can finally say for the first time in my life, like I have a good relationship with food. Is every day perfect with food in my body? No, that's absurd. And I wouldn't hold myself to that standard. Mm -hmm. But like I have been a perfectionist my whole life. So to even say those words coming out of my mouth, like I'm really damn proud of me. I am really damn proud. Me too. And so now it's just about like, okay, like let's change the narrative. Like let's inform, let's, let's be the work for other people too. Completely. Yeah. And you already are like the way that you hold yourself and carry yourself, even just on social media and the people who look up to you, I know are just so honored to know you and have you in your life and have you as a sort of mentor to all of these people who can lean on you because you've done all the work you you've had the fucking experience that's for damn sure like not many people have gone through that in their life and the fact that you came out resilient as hell stronger than ever and you're fucking sitting here telling us this story right now is fucking powerful man like i thank you yeah it's incredible so one thing one last question i guess before we sign off yeah is what's one way or a couple of ways maybe that your friends can support you or someone that's going through recovery like how can their friends and people around them just be in service of them yeah I think it's real it can be really hard right I, <laughs> yeah I will actually honor that it is because you sometimes like your friends don't know what to say and they right. don't want to say the wrong thing and yeah and sometimes they can say the wrong thing and that's okay yeah um, I'm very grateful in the fact that I feel like I've been in a really like solid headspace when it comes to talking to others mm-hmm. for all of this, which I'm super grateful. Yeah. Now it's the moments when I'm alone that are not like, that's where I really struggled, but having conversations and talking to people that that was kind of easier. Mm-hmm. Um, always check in with their headspace, I would say. Okay. Um, yeah. That's so, a like, good like, one. Yeah. So just like 
start there, you know, especially I have two friends that, um, I know that we're very open about our past with eating disorders Yeah, and one of them still kind of struggles sometimes. And like in more ways than I do, like is healed mm-hmm. and is healing. And, but I, I think recovery is something you kind of stay in your whole life. You yeah. Know? It's a, it's a lifelong battle. Oh, completely. I mean, it's more like a, your mind is the biggest hurdle to yeah. overcome probably too. Absolutely. Like, so whenever I'm talking to her, I'm just like, you know, how's your headspace today? Like, where, where are you at? You know, like, so you kind of lean into it in more yeah, of like I, a, a mental aspect instead of trying to pry into like, oh, how's recovery today? Like, yeah. what are you, what have you eaten? Or I don't like, cause yeah. even I shit, I make mistakes. Maybe saying that is probably totally wrong. Um, this is like, we're allowed to mess up. We're allowed to grow. It was actually something I talked about on the bike a, a few weeks ago was like, yeah, I learned the most about myself last year. And like, yeah, I learned how to really be me. I think I've been on this journey of like finding myself for the better part of 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and like stepping into being this like badass woman, like that is all I strive to be is like this badass woman. Yes. Queen. Yeah. Like that's that, like when some, like, that's what I want on my, my headstone. <laughs> she was a badass. Like, that's what I want. Dude, um, that goes hard. Yeah. Um, or like here lies the baddest here bitch li- alive. Yeah. Like, yeah. Here like once upon a time in parentheses right? like, here lies like, a damn queen you know like that's that's kind of what I want to be yes that's that uh, mentality I love right it. and like that wasn't and that wasn't me growing up like I was tiny I was I, I was very like meek I think is the mm-hmm. word and I leaned into that personality um like I was quiet and all this like ew that's so crazy because that. I like I was too though like shy and right. timid as a kid but like right. I think it takes time like and it just does. It's life experience. So like come out of your shell, like learn what is works for you and who you are as a person. So, right. And so I've been learning for the better part of 10 years, like how to be a badass, you know, Mm -hmm. how to be me, how to be the most powerful person for not only my soul and what lights me on fire, Mm -hmm. but like what lights me on fire so much is holding space for other people. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that's why we started this brand too. Like that's why I'm so on fire about this brand. That's why I'm so on fire about teaching. And like, especially even for like my day-to-day work, like, which I don't really talk about that much, but like I, I do actually have a job. And <laughs> what lights me on fire is like holding space for my clients, you know? So becoming a badass was hard, but I talked about on the bike, like you are allowed to mess up. You're allowed to learn about yourself and continue to grow. There's not like this end point. It's not That's like- where you grow, like right, are the fuck right. ups. Right. The hiccups, like, girl, you go and you mess up, you fall on the ground and you get back up and you're stronger than fucking ever. Like you really are. So I love that. Right. So like, yeah, I went through recovery and yeah, I learned more about myself in the past year than I ever have in my whole life. Uh I'm allowed to still be a work in progress. I'm allowed to still be working on my masterpiece, you know, like that's, that's never ending. Like, so like, don't think that you're going to like say something wrong to your friends, but like, I think it's the biggest thing is like just being soft. And like, that is something mm-hmm. I feel like people, especially I feel like our listeners have no idea that I'm a softie. <laughs> like they, I feel like they have no fucking clue. She actually know? is. And, <laughs> and she's an empath. Well, uh, yeah. so she just I, like, knows. Like, I know when people need softness. 
like Katie and I's energy is usually like pretty like intense. Like we go back and forth and we'll like put each other in our places, but like we both know when each other needs just like that softness Yeah. and out of the blue, nobody else will know like what I'm going through (laughs) mentally. And she will text me and just be like, I love you. Yeah. (laughs) Just something as simple as that, like shows the support to your friends. And even if it's like just them dealing with something, mentally like that's huge that support is like everything well I feel like the hi I love you that was something I learned when I lost my best friend Mm -hmm. um we all used to do it with each other I did it with you when you lost your dad Mm -hmm. you know um it's because you don't need a response it's not asking anything back um it's not it's not putting any weight on anybody it's it because like when you ask someone how are you doing mm -hmm. right how are you I'm like even like I miss you shit like that that's putting something on yeah it leaves me with you with like a guilt if you don't respond and like sometimes you just don't feel like responding (laughs) like that's cool like Like, thing like and I understand your you in that because I am the same way like sometimes yeah. it's really heavy to respond to stuff and yes. it's when I say hi I love you I'm not putting anything on someone so like something like that and if, and if yeah and if someone is also trying to like talk to you even if you don't understand it mm-hmm. because some of the things won't make sense and I get that I, I understand yeah that. It doesn't have to. You don't need to understand it. If they are willing to talk to you, understand how difficult it is to talk. Because when we're when most people are in the root of it, when I was in the root of it, I could not talk about it. I couldn't. Yeah. You know, that's when I always knew I was bad. Is like I couldn't. I couldn't say it out loud. Wow. Right. So like right. you being here now is like huge. The, yeah. That's I, that's why I say lot. like every time the I think I is yeah. Massive. Every time I think I talk about it, like it's cathartic, it's because I, it is like, I wasn't able to talk about it. Um, and now it's like, this was up. Like, you yeah. know, like this is what I went through. Um, this is what I deal with. This is, this is my truth. So I think that that's the biggest way you can be for someone is, is simply hold space. Don't put any judgment on yourself. Don't even try to like answer it. You don't just, just be there. Like be, yeah. And like actually listen. Yeah. Like for totally. you, for you showing up for like our morning workouts and mm-hmm. like acknowledging my energy and like, is like pointing out things that were so positive that maybe I didn't see from recovery mm-hmm. was really powerful. Um, just like being there with me in the mornings, like during quarantine and doing our workouts, like that was really powerful. So I think, I think the biggest thing you can do is just simply hold space I love that. And that's easy. That costs zero dollars. So anyone can do that. Yeah. Um, and like softness, I understand it can be really hard. I am (laughs) not naturally a softie when it comes to a lot of things. Um, there's, there was a, you you are with your friends though. Like as much as you try and act like this, like hard ass, bad ass bitch at the end of the day, Katie really is a little teddy bear. I of all people understand how hard it can be to be soft sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, because sometimes you just want to hit people on the face and be like, no, like just no. Um, totally. (laughs) Um, but just just be soft because what they are dealing with is literally a war with themselves. And it's really, really hard to fight yourself every single day. 
Totally. So wow. Yeah. That is great advice. Yeah. And so beautifully put. From the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you for listening today. You guys mean the world to us. You're the reason we do what we do. And we're so proud of you. I hope that you have an incredible rest of your day, whatever that looks like. And we'll see you on the next one.